Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Houston Round Ball Review presents Folks Talking Sports with no sponsor. Hint, hint, everybody out there, anybody want to sponsor the show, contact us. I am KG Chris Gardner, owner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Joining me is Willie Gibson from Ohio. How are you, sir? Doing fantastic, sir. How are you? Doing great. And Andy Yanez from Gallery Sports. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Let's get ready to get into it. Let's get into it because Andy's got to, uh, you know, cover the Astros and Rangers matchup. It's, so it may not be a full hour today, Will, if that's OK with you. But uh, let's get into this. I want to touch on this. Mr. Yanez, you cover the Cougs as well. Mr. Gibson, also, and I will lean on you guys. I did not watch the Lakers-Grizzlies game because I was at the theater with my dad, uh, treating him for his 70, how old am I? 79th birthday. So <clears throat> we went to the theater this afternoon, and it was a very good play at the Ensemble Theater. But we'll talk about Lakers-Grizz in a moment. But let's get into this. Cougs UH men's basketball update. Malik Wilson, who did not play this past season, redshirted, transferred from Louisiana to Texas Tech to Houston. And he is now on the portal. The Cougs have one scholarship available. They currently have 12 players on their roster for the 2023 24 season. They will not use that scholarship unless it is an impact player in Kelvin Sampson's mind, okay? So names being bandied about, if Coach Sampson and the staff do not believe that player is going to make an impact on the team, they will not use that scholarship. Andy, you know, you've heard Coach Sampson saying, Will, I think you know, big-time basketball. Mm -hmm. Coaching staffs in college like to keep a ship available because you never know who may fall into your lap at some point. So unless someone falls, someone, I'm going to say almost elite, falls to the Cougs lap now, as in April 16th, they're not using that scholarship right now. So pump your brakes, Coug fans. Slow down. Not saying the staff only evaluate players, but unless someone they believe will have an impact on the team, they will not use that scholarship, especially April 16th. Hmm. Andy, your thoughts? No, you're absolutely right. Um, That kind of core, or not correlates, that goes along the lines of what I was told too as well, just in terms of maybe not necessarily having a a specific player in mind as of now, just in terms of, like you mentioned, being able to to fill that 13th and final scholarship spot that Houston does have. And I, yeah, absolutely. It's something that Coach Calvin Sampson has said for the past, what is it now, four or four years that I've been around the program covering him where he, he likes to have one scholarship spot available for, like you said, you never know when the situation might arise. And I mean, even then, sometimes uh, last season when Cedric Lott to join the program early, does that does that count for that scholarship spot when, when a player decides to come early if they do? I mean, he redshirted so... I think officially he's on scholarship as a redshirt. Right. So I don't know if that uh, if that's one of the other reasons he likes to have a spot open, just in case if, if one of the incoming freshmen likes to do it. But, yeah, it, it what, what you just said is pretty similar to what I heard. So, like, 
at the very least for now, it certainly seems like it's a, a slow play and it's not a specific player that they might have gone to Malik Wilson and said, with the guard group that that's going to be with the upcoming Houston Cougars, it's not likely that Wilson would have been able to, to get consistent playing time regardless. But again, the move doesn't seem to be specifically as a, a, a to B or, you know, this move was done because we need to bring a player immediately right off the, you know, in within the coming days. Right. And I think Malik saw the writing on the wall, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's Jamal right. shit, LJ crier, uh, this is where it gets tricky if you want to consider Ramon, them. Ramon Walker, Emmanuel Sharp, Damian Dunn. Terrence, <laughs> Damian Dunn. I know they might he be more wings, play. but yeah, he wasn't going to see the court. So, and and Mr. Smith, this is the the name he's putting out here. Uh, Dedon Thomas or Portal Big, Portal Big. Like I said, I'm leaning on an impact player. Big no, I'm gonna say it right now it's not gonna be a big man because big men, we know Cedric Lott's not redshirting because he already has redshirted. Joe mm-hmm. Tugler, expect him to play. Juan Roberts, he ain't going anywhere. He's gonna play. Javier Francis, he ain't going anywhere. Expect him to start. So those guys got to be better than those. Anybody looking at as big, got to be better than those guys. So clearly, if that happens, <laughs> but not likely. And then Hunter, Hunter Dickerson, maybe? I don't know. I'm just throwing a name out. Hunter Dickerson. If he fell, like I said, Will, elite player falls into the lap. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody like that. It'd be that kind of player, in my opinion, for them to use that ship. All right? Gotcha. You know, Thomas, reclassifying. Ain't going to play. He red shirt. This is where we get into the roster of the makeup of the roster. Will, you cover the Buckeyes, you cover Big T, you cover sports. Yeah. UH men's basketball, and you know it, they're bringing in more freshmen on this year's roster. Mm. With Cordelius Jefferson, Jacob McFarland, and JoJo Tugler. That goes along with Emmanuel Sharp and Terrence Arsenal, who played on this year's past team. And then you see other younger guys. Ramon Walker's coming. I already said he's coming back. He's going to play. He's in a rotation. Out of the 12 guys on scholarship, Coach Sampson plays nine or 10. All 12 are not going to play. So in this era of college basketball or not quite pro basketball, I, I like that, not quite pro basketball, you got to keep kids happy. And if you keep bringing in these transfers, these fresh are gonna be like, why am I gonna redshirt? Why should I redshirt? I'm out of here. So there's a balancing that staff ha- all staffs have to do now. And more and more, high school kids are gonna be stuck out because coaches staffs want to get the impact player from the portal. So the Cougs might redshirt two freshmen. And then look at their 24 class. We got Mercy Miller coming in. The 24 class may have four freshmen. So you got to balance all this out. That's kind of two freshmen who redshirt this year. So you can't be too young. More times than not, veteran teams win 
in a tournament more times than not, unless you got this elite freshman squad. And no knock on the freshman. The Cougs are not at the, at, at the elite freshman level yet. We're not talking, you know, this is not Calipari top five, you know, five all five-star players kind of caliber yet. Not there yet. So slow down with the name that you're tossing out, hearing out their inexperienced front line. Yeah, they are. But again, if a big they're looking at is better than Javier Francis, Coach Sampson, Andy, has high hopes for Javier Francis. If Javier Francis does not improve this summer, right this offseason, this summer, then it'll make a move. It's on Mr. Francis to, to step up and live up to the, the coach's expectations of him. But yeah, Will, Andy, how else do you get experience? Play. Thank you. Playing. You got to play. So you talk about their experience. Yeah, they are. But at some point, you got to play. Did you ever got to earn, earn that time? When they go overseas, they might get waxed by pro teams overseas. Could be the best thing for them. And to Kook fans, if, if they do get waxed overseas by pro teams, please don't freak out. It's not the end of the world. That's in August. Playing against grown, grown-ass men. Can I? Wait, Just real quick, a couple things. It's, it's amazing to me as I, I listen that, I mean, kudos to the recruiting staff of, of UH men's basketball that you're getting kids in this era, in this window, to Richard. Yes, because I'm listening. I'm listening to you. Like, wait a minute, right? Because it's what you just said. It's so easy to go to the portal, and now and to 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 piggyback on on another point you made. I talk to colleagues up here all the time about that high school recruiting is getting destroyed by the transfer portal yep. because it's much easier now to go to a, a group of five school year one produce, and then go to the portal and go to a, uh, a power five school versus that high school kid. They're, they're now being forced to wait, yes. to wait, to wait, to wait, possibly, maybe, could be a scholarship available after we see what's in the portal. And so it's, but so now to hear that you had two kids willingly tr- uh, redshirt, that's, I love to know the, uh, they're oh, recruiting. And, and let me say, Will, I'm saying that. Okay. <laughs> they, have, they haven't been redshirted yet because they might be the best players. Fair enough. You know, but in terms of the way the roster is made, out of the 12, they're 12 deep. But 12 not going to play. Right. So. And specifically at that guard group, I mean, that's so much depth at guard and a lot of experienced guys that are going to be returning back. And like you alluded to LJ Cryer and Damian Dunn are going to be immediate rotation players. You'd expect coming off their decisions to, to come in. Yeah, they here. didn't come like, in, they didn't if come if in Jamal, to not start. <laughs> if Jamal <laughs> yeah. said, you know, I guess there's still that door of him not returning, but I, I highly doubt. It. I'm pretty confident that he'll come back. That's your set five right there. And then Emmanuel Sharp, he was the sixth man of the year for Houston last, or he was the sixth man for the Cougars last season. And then again, it's kind of tricky when you talk about Terrence. Is he a wing or is he a guard? Last year he was classified as a guard. 
and that's already that's a lot of depth up front at that guard position we mentioned Ramon Walker who took uh, the red shirt this past season he's going to be back and inserted in some role Chris I'm curious to get your thought on this this is something that we tossed around on on Parsama Jamma a couple of weeks ago but for Ramon and it would could you possibly envision him and obviously the the answer it's not going to be a a, as clear but could you possibly see him get more minutes as a as a potential four or three that we kind yes. of saw a little bit in 2020-21 for sure definitely as well as Arsenal I think Terrence is going to see some time at the four to balance out the really? provide more versatility for the team with all these guards and wings you got to get Arsenal's minutes as well so if they go small have Arsenal at the four and Terrence might still be growing <laughs> so the versatility, that's why there's so many options and flexibility in the 10. The 11 and 12 aren't going to play. So if they're not going to play, we'll back to your point. Had that talk with coming to the office, young man. This is the situation. And Coach Sampson has told media for years. We tell kids what they don't want to hear. We tell them the truth. And we tell the kids, hey, we develop our players, we are big on development here in the program. This year, you're not going to play. So we believe it's best for you to redshirt this year. Jake McFarland might be too sl- too skinny, not strong enough. Coach Bishop might work wonders with him come summertime this summer. Who knows? Right. But 12 kids are not going to play every game. No college team does that. Right. No NBA team does that. So, gotta have a talk with the kids and their parents. This is the situation. We think gotta, it's best for them to redshirt this year. Gotta watch that uncle, Chris. Yes, <laughs> this is this is the reality. Some kids, no, coach. Thank you for your honesty. Some parents, thank you for your honesty. I'm not gonna do that. So other parents, thank you, coach. Thank you for your honesty. We're gonna stay here because we believe in what you're doing here at Houston. Or any program, any legit staff. More times than not, the kids and the parents appreciate the honesty. Don't lie to them. Don't BS them. And then let them decide what they want to do. Some kids, I'm out, coach. This is not what I wanted. Other kids, thank you, coach. I like it. I love it here. And then the kid can come back next year. And if they don't get the minutes, well, coach, you told me last year, if I redshirted, I get my minutes. And now, coach, I'm not getting minutes. Now I'm out of here. That could happen. Not that happens here. If they're good and continue to improve. But this team, they got 12 players. Nine or 10 are going to play. Two aren't. The question of the two. We'll see who that two is. I think one of them will, will be Jacob McFarlane because he's skilled, got potential, but he's so thin. He needs time in the weight room. Well, he's like, what is, what is he, Andy? What do you say? He's like seven feet tall. Well, I'm not sure he weighs more than me. Mm. <laughs> you know, maybe a little bit more than me. Profile real quick. You know, he's he's a thin young man. Skill, can shoot. Chet Hunger. Chet Hunger. You know, ish. He, well, they have him listed at six ten on twenty four seven sports. They have him listed at two hundred and five pounds. So 6'10", 205. 
Tough. And I think 205 is kind of high. Yeah, that's the <laughs> program he, weight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have to, I'm not sure what he told me in our interview when he committed because I think he might have been 205. But he gets here. I think he's going to arrive in June. He needs time to get stronger and may not be bigger, heavier, but get stronger. So that might be a perfect red shirt for him this season. So that's where the team is. And this is the Big 12 now, Will. Yeah. It's big, this is big boy basketball. Big boy basketball makes big boy decisions. West Virginia got a commitment from a, a transfer from Syracuse, big man. Huggy's not spending time with the high school kids. <laughs> They're going to transfer. Iowa State transfers. K-State success this past season. Transfers. Yeah. This conference. Ohio State. Transfers. Transfers. You know, the big t- most of the teams in the Final Four. Transfers. Yeah. So unless it's, you know, those elite five-star top-tier kids, freshmen, other kids, high school kids, I'm going to have to sit or decide, well, I want to play, so I'm going down to a mid-major level or lower level, get my time, get my numbers, and then I might enter the portal next year. I suggest that for some of these kids, especially if they give you full Ross scholarship. Without question. Don't thump your nose. Oh, well, man, that's not a power five. Young fella, mom and dad, it's a free ride. And they will find you. Yes, they will find you. Probably quicker than they probably should for some coaches who are in those mid-major programs. But (laughs) this is the new era. And I think the Cougs are in between because they got so many high school kids to commit. But now you see them make moves in the portal. Because you got to, got to get that balance between being young and experienced, young, talented, but also talented and experienced. So, Andy, any more thoughts you want to add on that? Of the potentially adding the 13th spot or anything specific? The, the big man rotation. Let, let's look at it. Um, Jawan Roberts, Xavier. Oh, that's, that's, that's the intro. No, well, the four yeah, and five yeah, yeah. I think that's the interesting interesting spot and I think why there's a lot of noise around uh, potentially you know when maybe Wilson did transfer is because if from the outside looking in if you were to you know I know that college roster creation is different but if you were to say in a perfect world here's how if we could bring in an experience maybe not big but four or five someone in that area maybe a a forward that's experienced and and could consistently come here like you alluded to earlier in the show be an impact player that's probably the the if there's one thing you would you would add if you had a perfect wish list for the upcoming team you would choose that and when you look at the specific roster they have now it's going to be interesting how it turns out because chris like you said calvin sampson was really really high on jv francis the entire season he said you know even though he he you know his minutes weren't necessarily consistent this past season it, throughout the course multiple times of the year he said we're really going to get to see what Javier Francis is all about this upcoming season the 23-24 mm-hmm. season 
And I mean, he's done a good job of being able to to promote Javier Francis. He said he's going to be a problem this upcoming season. Uh, like you alluded to, they're going to have Jawan Roberts back. That's going to be, I mean, he was a player that started for a bulk of the games this past season for Houston, with the exception of, I think it might've just been one for the senior night when they, when they let uh, Darius Bowder mm-hmm. start. And then, so the, you would think from now again, what is this? Six, seven months before the actual regular season tips off again, that, that that would be your five and four that start come whenever the heck the first game of the season is in right. November. It'll be Javier Francis, Jawan Roberts starting at the five and four. And then it gets interesting if they could kind of slot Damian Dunn at the three, Eldrick Cryer and Shed at one and two. Mm-hmm. That, that would be the projected starting lineup if you're basing it off today. And then, again, look at the... the you got to find minutes for Emmanuel Sharp. You got to find minutes for Terrence Arsenal. You got to find minutes for Ramon Walker. That's mm-hmm. eight deep right there. And then the backup big man, I think it'll be an interesting battle between Cedric Law and, and Jojo Tucker to see exactly. who can kind of win that backup. That's, that's 10 right there. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> in a perfect world, if they could get an experience four or five, that they could be an impact player, that'd be great. But you know, they seem to be in a great position now. And, Again, like we said at the top of the show, it always seems like Kelvin likes to have that 13 spot open because you never know what what kind of circumstance could be. Agreed, and and will we don't we're not the perfect example. You gave the perfect example. If Hunter Dickinson said called up right now while we're on the show and shocked all of us and said, Coach Sampson, I want to come to Houston. I think. Coach Sams would be first. Is this really Hunter Dixon? <laughs> and then once that was clear, you know, confirmed, let's make it work, young fella. And then they'd use a scholarship. But it's got to be somebody like that. Yeah. That talented, that talented, a big man. Yes, Javier is inexperienced. Yeah, but if they believe in him and develop him and he continues to improve, well, you got to have to play. Get that experience by playing. I mean, how how did Jamal get experience by playing? <laughs> okay, he was thrust in there. He, he was thrust into it, but supposed he played. To play. <laughs> so same thing with Ramon. Ramon was thrust into it. They wanted to probably redshirt him, but he was thrust into it. He got the minutes. So it's going to be and a different key, roster. Key pieces on the team that went to the Elite Eight. Yes, they, those youngsters got experience and helped the team. That seven man squad get to the Elite Eight. Ramon coming back happy and healthy, provide some toughness, hustle, dive on the floor. As long as he can fix that three-point shot, which was broken, he can provide some perimeter shooting as well. So this team will look different than last year's team. But relax. You know, overseas, when it's announced, it's a long trip. It's a long trip they're going to be taking, but they might get thumped all three or four games. Are they going down under, Chris? That's what I've heard. Uh, I've, I've that's what I, that's what I've heard. I'm not sure when it's going to be announced, whenever. <clears throat> but that's a long Last time trip. They did it. They went to Italy. That was at uh, the first few weeks of August, correct? That's right. when they did it in 2019. Right. So I'm assuming it'll be the same timeline, and you know, down under will. They got pros down there. They got, they got grown men. And they also have guys 
youngsters who are going over there now to get ready for the NBA. Yep. As in the Longhorns found out. Yeah, the young fellow, yeah. Decommitted to go to the NBL. Yep. So that's another avenue that is going to impact, I think, the elite college programs. Some of these high school kids are going to go overseas to Australia, to the elite, or to the G League. You know, mostly are the five-star kind of caliber players. So it's a different time for programs, for fans to adjust and adapt. And like I said, more and more of the high-power programs are going to go to the portal rather than high school seniors. So parents of kids in high school, look at the situations. If you have, this is me talking from recruiting friends who I've known, known for years, who I trust, and they're like, Chris, some of these kids are passing up free rides because they think they're going to get a better offer. They're not going to get it. Take that free scholarship. Take that scholarship for this year and then work your way up. Yep. Trust, trust folks who tell you that rather than people who've got shady backgrounds and stuff. Trust the people who've been in basketball a long time. Because more and more coaches will in Andy on the college level, especially based on their, their job status, will tell kids, high school kids, young fella, I'm trying to save my job. I, I need experienced guys right now. I need, I need to go to the portal. You got talent, no question. But I need guys who can help me win next year immediately. So I'm going to the portal. So you go to you go to a school, shine. Then next year, I might look you up. <laughs> but right now, I got to win now. That's real. That's real. That's real. So that's that's real talk. So, Andy, I know you got to probably head out a few minutes. Do you want to just tease the big interview you have coming up this week, or do you want to uh, make a big announcement? No, I'll, I'll keep it on low because I'm not sure. Uh, if That's it smart would, because every if time I publicize a big announcement, something happens and, and it never, it always falls through. But and I honestly don't know if it, it could just very well be for an article, so I don't know. So, but yeah, young fellas doing big things, will. Okay. But uh, y'all tell me about what happened, Lakers Grizzlies. Uh, Lakers won clearly. Um, if I, well. Okay, they won, but if I told you, because you're not seeing the game, that LeBron was the fourth leading scorer for the Lakers, what would your immediate thought be? AD would be one of them, the other three. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably toss in maybe D'Lo or Austin Reeves. Okay, two or three you have, but the leading scorer, Rui Hashimura. I like young fella. I yeah, like he... That was a great get. He shot the lights out yeah. in the second half. He, he led the team with 29 off the bench. See, yeah, he's finally got a chance to shine, yep. you know, different franchise, minutes. Yep. Skill set was there. So we'll see if he can be consistent with it. But, yeah, he's got a great chance to be part of the Lakers' future core. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So And and, and Memphis played well. I mean, but uh, Ja got hurt. And uh, re-injured that hand that he injured in Milwaukee. Sounds uh, like he might season. be questionable for game two. Uh, how, he, he how did himself, he get hurt? How did he get hurt? Uh, he took the charge. Uh, AD hard. was in the lane, mm-hmm. and uh, 
he drove on him and fell and tried to brace himself. Mm. And uh, at and this hadn't been bother him before that. Yeah, yeah, he got hurt late in the season against Milwaukee. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, and uh, they said that they don't know if it's new or a reaggravation of that existing injury. But he himself said, "My status for game two is in jeopardy." Mm. So, and it looks like no sauce saying AD got injured again. Just he a stinger. Stinger. You know. Yeah. And I was guilty of it in my younger years. Players like AD, they're not getting hurt on purpose. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's bad luck. You know, some guys just have bad luck. Some women, some athletes, just have bad luck. Yeah. Because Will, I'm not sure Andy, Andy probably remembers it. But going back to Mark Jackson coaching Warriors, Steph Curry. Yep. Steph seemed like he sprained his ankle like every other week. Yep. And it, there was some question about would Steph have a career? Yeah. Because, I mean, his ankles look like they were made of paper. <laughs> you know, because uh, it was facts. like the shoes, it was every – you look around. Folks talk about – no talk about breathe on – AD, breathe on Steph's foot, snap, yeah, twist, right. sprain. Look at Steph now. I mean, it just, it just some players have bad luck, and some of them are able to overcome it, and some aren't. Zion, yeah. oh think, my. his his weight is an issue. His conditioning seemed to have been better, but all the hamstring, and now you got questions about him. Can we talk about his comments? Go ahead, please. And talk about his pregame dunk. Yeah, that that one. Okay, he did that, but you can't tell me. Okay, you haven't played since January 2nd. You are now in the play-in tournament for a playoff spot. And you tell the media, I'm healthy, but I won't play again until I feel like Zion. What? My immediate response to that was I told a friend of mine, and, and you know him as well, um, Chris, I'm not sure if you know him, David Grubb in New Orleans. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. I said, I said, my response if I was Mrs. Benson, the owner, the governor, mm-hmm. and David Griffin would be to that, I will pay you the next installment of your salary when I feel like pain. How do you say I'm healthy, but I don't want to play because I don't feel like myself? What? And it's a plan. I mean, okay, Tuesday night. I used to say Tuesday night in Milwaukee, but can't say that anymore. Uh, Tuesday night in, I don't know, Detroit. Sorry, Chris. That's all right. You might not want to play that game. But this is the plan. Right. You're playing for a playoff seed, and you don't want to play? And teammates. What what are they thinking? Yes. How do they respect a man until you're Zion? Which basically says until you're 100. Nine months into a season, ain't nobody 100. percent Thank you, thank you. If you busted your behind, working, grinding, playing games, you are not 100. percent Yeah. So as CJ teammate, McCollum, I'd have been like, you said what? <laughs> CJ McCollum, I was reporting later. He's been playing with a torn labrum, in addition to the thumb injury that we knew about. But he had comments after too. Yeah, he kind of yeah, he let him know like, but you don't want to play because you don't feel like yourself. Wow, yeah. it's, 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 mm. 
Yeah. And, you know, this is possible. You might get traded because, but that is an issue. Because mentally, if he does not want to play unless he's 100%, you ain't, you ain't a pro. <laughs> you're, just, you're just not a pro. You're not serious about basketball. No. You know, so that'll be something for the Pelicans to decide going forward. You got to talk to him, man. You know, we're paying you too much money for you to think like that. So we'll it's more like it's more and, and he said it publicly. And he too. said it. Yes. He <laughs> publicly said it. Yeah. <sighs> but let's wow. talk about this. Mr. Trent has this. I saw this as well by Jairus to Portland at five potential. It's this based on potential. Marcus at 25 to the Pacers. I got more doubts about that, especially 20, 25 to the Pacers. Where would he play? Yeah, Halliburton. Um, my man, Benedict. Yeah, Matherin. Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. About that. They, I mean, and, they, and fifth to Portland. Uh, let Dan tell it. That pick won't be there. That pick is being sent for an impact player now. Yeah. See, you know, and Dame wants to win. Right. So he says. Uh, I think he's know, serious now. I think he's so, for real. The clock is ticking. He realized that. Yep. But so we'll see. But yeah, Portland, I mean, they might use a pick. Trade. And then trade it later on somebody else. And it's a team who likes who believes in Jairus Walker at five. But, but again, potential. Because Jairus, Andy, you tell me how you feel about Jairus and his misses around the basket this season. Uh, something that he needs to clean up. I mean, that was something that, that really... Again, a lot of things went wrong in that Miami game, but had uh, he had a few multiple shots that could have helped stop the bleeding when Nigel Pack <laughs> went on his yeah. crazy run against the Hurricane in that Sweet 16 game, and they just rimmed out. Ball, he couldn't hit around the basket. So his finish, I don't know the percentage. You know, I don't have synergy or whatever numbers, but uh, his finishing around the rim needs to get better. If it's not a dunk, you know, he's floating. You're using the floaters too much. Does use a backboard. Well, old school coaches, young fellas, that's the squares for him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, doesn't do that. But potential, skill set, defensively, versatility, all those things, yes. He'll still get drafted high. It's the potential. Definitely. No question. But it's all up on potential. And now, it, was that the specific mock draft that said, you know, if he, consist, if he continues to improve his jump shot or, like, his more consistent so. on his catch and shoots? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I know they had him at five point important, too. I don't know if it's the same one, but, I mean, that's something in area, too, where it, it he certainly seemed like he got better at towards the end of the season, just being able to, to add, be, just be an extra floor spacer on the court. And he was, he was never as great a three, I said, hell as good a three-point shooter in games consistently like he was in practice. You know, we saw him shoot three-pointers in practice going around the world, <laughs> you know, consistently. With Juan like, Roberts, you know, I might add, which might you know, be. With, with, might with be, Juan Roberts, yeah. Might be prevalent this upcoming season. But he just was not consistently a good three-point shooter in games for the Cougs. But potential. His skill set got a high you know, ceiling for him. Wishing the best of luck in his NBA career. Uh, I will say real quickly, just in, I think the mm-hmm. best chance for for 
or the best thing for Walker for him to be able to succeed in the NBA is to be able to, like you said, it doesn't sound like it's, it certainly sounds like Lillard, Lillard is adding pressure to Portland to, to get a, a veteran and impact player. Funny. That's that kind of seems to be the phrase of this episode, but I think for Walker to be able to reach his full potential, he'd have to go to a situation like that where it's, it's a team that has a good coaching staff. They had a good idea of what they're, they're, they're like in terms of an identity. They have a good idea for that and, and, and a much more stable organization, if that makes sense. If he were to go to uh, – I don't want to throw the, the home team under the bus, but I know the Rockets are kind of in transition. But I feel like if he were to go to the Rockets or, heck, even Detroit, it had, if they were to fall out of five, it, it might stunt him just in terms of him being able yeah. to redevelop well, into a – with Detroit, in my opinion, they have they have so many bigs. Yeah. He he, if they draft him, they probably trade him because San Antonio would be Jalen Duran's not going anywhere. They got James Wiseman. They got Marvin Bagley. They got Isaiah Stewart. They don't have enough minutes. Like for those, Hornets, you know, they don't have enough minutes for those four. You know, so one of them might be gone eventually as well. But this trend is, you know, guarding Coach Sampson. I think you joined us a few minutes into the show, and that's fine. No problem. Thank you to everybody joining us on this edition of Folks Talking Sports. Folks Talk Sports on Twitter. Um, unless an elite big man, elite talent comes, falls in the coup's lap, they're not getting a transfer right now. So let me say it again. Unless someone elite falls in the lap, they will keep that scholarship available. So let's let's state that again. Unless an elite impact player says I want to come to Houston this year and play because he's not going to come here to sit. They will not use that scholarship right now. All right. We're good on that. So and Marcus in the first round more and more youngsters come out declare for the draft. I've seen him go as low as 35, you know, early, you know, high second round. That'd be disappointing because one reason he came back to Houston for his, his senior year was because he thought he'd be a first round pick. But it only takes one team to fall in love with you. Yeah. And they might do that drafting in the late first round. So I wish him the best. I think you'll be successful in the NBA. Unlike. Nate Hinton and Armani Brooks. So I think Marcus will have a solid NBA career. Just got to go to the right, right team. It's about fit for some dudes. It's about fit. Organization, staff, all of that. You Jarrett with the Rockets? Yeah. I guess we, we don't know what kind of coaching staff will come in and they hire instead. But you know, Jarrett with Orlando with San Antonio, I San Antonio, San Antonio I, I could see because well, Orlando got a lot of bigs. I'd love too. to see him there. Yeah, Orlando has the rookie of the year in big. Yeah. Hey, they yeah. got a lot of bigs. Young, young. Yeah, but Walker could. I feel like Walker could play the three in the NBA if his shot improved. You know, consistently his outside shot, but uh, that's on him too. I mean, I. But where's what's my man Franz Wagner? Isn't he like a yep. three? So I mean, he's oh, he got a bright future as well, <laughs> man. But Right fit. Jarris goes to the right team, right squad, because he needs to play. And with a team like Portland, with a Dame saying he wants to win now, 
he's not going to play. He's not going to get a lot of minutes early. That's not happening, especially if the Blazers and Dane want to win <laughs> and get to the playoffs. 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 So we'll see how, how how that all plays out. I saw where Giannis is off for the rest of the game today against the Heat with a back contusion. Miami is up by nine. I, I wrote Tyler Hero as well. Tyler Hero's hurt. I saw that. Broke his hand. Broke his, hand. Broke broke his, his hand. hand. And this is game one. Yeah. Zion. Thank you. There are dudes putting their bodies on the line right now in the playoffs who are not 100%. Come on, young fella. My man said it publicly too, man. Come he got the bag. That's the yeah. problem. He got the bag. Yeah. yeah. So, mm. yeah. Right. And I, I hope the Pels put a lot of clauses in there to pay him based on games played. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I hope because they they didn't. Shame on them because his injury history it was already established. Right. You know, so that's right. that's on them. Uh, let's see, Andy. What's the score of the Astros Rangers? Still zero zero. Bottom of the second. Still, still moving slow. Well, you know, pace of the play has not improved there. Willie Gibson. Yes, sir. The excuse me. <clears throat> the Ohio State Buckeyes yep. had their spring game yesterday. Yesterday. What was the announced attendance, sir? Uh just seventy-five thousand one hundred twelve of our closest friends. Just <laughs> seventy-five thousand one twelve. 112. Was it 112 or 122? I, I, I mean, let me... Either way, that's probably 75,000 more than they had at Rice yesterday for that spring event. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't talk about Rice. That, that Rice... Yeah, 75-122. They're, you know, football just at Rice. Ooh, boy. They don't care about football at Rice. You know, that's one thing they're going to see it in the American. Rice football. Mm-hmm. If you're an opponent... You're coming to play the Owls. There will be plenty of tickets for you to get. Ooh. That won't be a problem. Plenty of tickets for y'all to get. Won't be a problem at all. So, I mean, I'm sure going to UTSA. UTSA rights will be. UTSA, North Texas. Tulane. Tulane. I mean, won't be a problem at all. Y'all could. SMU. Fill out the whole lower bowl. You know, won't, won't be an issue. I mean, right. the section might take up a, a corner. <laughs> Maybe, maybe a corner. I mean, their alumni, living alumni, is forty thousand. I mean, it's it's not a lot. You know what I'm saying? It's, I'm probably a little below than that, but um, but it's not a lot. In rice football, rice football has not been good for years since uh, what's the coach's name? He was good. Ken Hatfield. Ken Hatfield. Yeah. And even then, attendance wasn't great. <laughs> But Rice football was good like every fourth, every four years on the coach had field. Hmm. Got the recruiting classes going, you know. <laughs> and by that fourth year, they were rolling. As I think Kook fans could attest to some of those teams. <laughs> Ooh, don't give a thought on that because UH football should never lose to Rice football. I grew up believing that, still believe that UH football should never lose to Rice football, period. And Andy, don't the Cooks play Rice in football this year? I believe so. Oh yeah, in the Bayou Bucket, oh, part of that that stellar rivalry, non-conference schedule that Dana put together for UH football. But I well, that one, that one, a while. Yeah, they play. So obviously, they open the season against UTSA. They play Rice at Rice, September 9th, Which uh, that'll be all Kook fans. 
Ninety-five uh, yeah, fans be at that game. I was not impressed with Rice Stadium. I went there. They played there for the twenty twenty-one season. That that'll be a that'll be a pit stop before the big game on September sixteenth, the Big Twelve opener against TCU. But Rice Rice Stadium uh, is let's see, combining our ages. Will might be as old as me and you combined. Oh wow! I mean, it seems like it's that old. Wow. You know, renovations yeah, here there. Or was that the bowl in, you know, in like 70 or so? Yeah. But in terms of renovations, slowly but surely in a press box. Not enough. But it's not enough. Oh, hey, the press box is terrible. Not enough. And, and Andy, that's with upgrades. What oh, you saw is upgrades. <laughs> okay. Trust me. <laughs> so, it, yeah, it was worse recently. So, how are we talking rice football here? How about that? Rice basketball got two new players. Uh, this weekend, it was Thursday and Friday. Got a transfer from Cal, Sam Alajiki, A L A J I K I. Grad transfer, Will. Grad transfer. Okay. Got a, a freshman. Well, well, he played this past year at uh, Hargrave Academy. Love his name, Camp Wagner. Hey. That's his name, Camp Wagner. Six foot six, Camp Wagner. So, him. I think Sam is 6'7", and then go with Keanu Dawes, who's six. KD has been a guest on the Folk Talk of Sports. I think KD's still growing. He might be 6'9", 6'10", now. So they're in the news. All right, Andy, you take care, my man. We're going to go. You did, you did well, man. We got uh, almost almost to 50 minutes into the show. So outstanding. Thank you very much, Andy. Yes, sir. I can find you on social media. Definitely. Real quickly, they can find me on Twitter at Aon is underscore Five most importantly, they should also check out the YouTube channel Podslime Pajama. That's P A W D S L A M A J A M A on YouTube, real close to the a thousand sub mark. And we're approaching the totals of that season here when it comes to the no basketball, no football, but we're getting close to uh, July, just trying to inch away. Of course, thank you as always for, for allowing me to be on the show, Chris, and potentially see you again on Thursday. Yes, sir. And if you have not seen it, Andy, me, and Kenitra Pulliams from Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus were on the lunch break on Thursday. Clips are available on Houston Round Bar View on YouTube. It was our first show on the new platform as far as the BS3 network on Roku as well. Great show. And Will, when he has time, he'll... You know, join us on that noon to one time slide as well uh, when he's available. But Thursdays, definitely 12 to one will be us on the lunch break on the BS3 network, changing the way you watch TV. Andy, take care. So, yeah, if you're able to join us on Thursday, let me know, man. We'll we'll, we'll do it again on Thursday on YouTube and Roku. Yes, sir. We'll do. Take care, Chris and Will. All right. Thanks, Andy. Will. Yes, sir. What was the reaction from the Cavs after using, losing to the Knicks? Uh, they were tight. They were uh, lessons that had to be learned in the playoffs. This is not regular season basketball. And um, just need to make the adjustments. And if they, to quote J.D. Bickerstaff directly, if lessons aren't learned, this will be over quick. What, what was your? I I gotta say this. The parts I saw. Yep. 
Evan Mobley talking about Jarrett struggling around the rim. Evan, he couldn't buy a basket around the basket, man. He he just couldn't buy one. He just, I don't know if it was confidence. I don't know what it was, but he's around the rim. He struggled. If it wasn't a dunk, he wasn't making it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the first game, first playoff game jitters. Um, he had 11 rebounds, but mm-hmm. he – that's why stats can be dis- misleading and deceiving. Mm-hmm. He had 11 rebounds, but every time there was a key rebound, yes. he was nowhere in position. Uh, what, late in the game, Jalen Brunson drove. He and Jared Allen mm-hmm. were outside of the paint, and Isaiah Hartenstein. With all due respect, Isaiah Harden signs the NBA players a great player number half. But you got a challenge for that rebound. There's no way you can set off as a rebound. Just no, 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 nothing. No, no, there was just no, they were non existent. Not only that play, I lost my word for a second, but they uncontested. He got that, he got that. Offensive rebound uncontested, and, and then they got they, another fourteen. They they got they got bullied. Yep. on some of those rebounds, offensive boards by the Knicks as well down the stretch. You know, playoff basketball is different. And the bench, the bench. Yes. That's the that's the thing. I'm watching Miami right now, and Kevin Love, and it was mutual. Kevin asked out. He he saw the writing on the wall, but he sure could have been used yesterday in Cleveland. Yep. I mean, Josh Hart himself outscored the Cavs bench. Uh, 37-14 was the collective total. Josh Hart himself had 17 to the Cavs' 14 total off the bench. Vets. Vets. <laughs> you know, vets. vets, man. You, more times than not, you've been with vets. You yep. know, the, the deeper you go in, in tournament playoffs, the vets come through. Yep. You know, and to that point – Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, to that point, I'm thinking – Already moving a little ahead to the offseason, there are going to be some vets that see this team. And, and Chris, you know, this, this happens every year. There are going to be some vets that see this team and say, maybe I take a couple of dollars less mm-hmm. to come to Cleveland, which is crazy because free agents never come to Cleveland. But you see Donovan Mitchell, who should be first team all NBA. You see uh, Darius Garland, who's a top point guard in this league. You see Evan Mobley, who's coming. Mm-hmm. You see Jared Allen. Okoro is developing. Karis LeVert has to be re-signed to anchor that that, that second unit. But Would you, would you want that? To them do that? Resign Karis? I know. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and that's not that's nothing against Karis. But you want Karis to upgrade. Yes. Yep. Karis is a great guy. I, love, I mean, he's great. Great, but you got to upgrade. Yep. And I don't know if the number Karis is looking for, they're willing to pay. Yep. Karis is in the last year of his deal making 18 this year. I don't know that they're going to pay the number that Karis wants. I, I don't. And and you're on record right now saying you don't believe they should. <laughs> no. No. With all due respect. Sure. Got to give him Mark Jackson on. With all due respect. But – um. He's a great guy. He's a great player, but just at that number, yeah. I need more. Sure, I need more. All right, Rockets have contacted seven. Oh, okay. I ask you, Will. I guess yeah. I'm chiming in as well. 
who has a better NBA career? Long term, Evan Mobley or Jabari Smith Jr. Because we should yeah. be talking about senior. <laughs> so, uh, um, and that is I'm, shade I'm, on on pops. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, better better career. I gotta say Mobley. And, uh, number one, I'm biased. I, I see him more. You're in Houston. Uh, um, in Ohio, I see Mobley more. Um, but in the two years I have seen him, what I've seen and the trajectory is nothing but up for that young man. I, I he potentially within as well as Donovan Mitchell's been playing, as well as he played yesterday. This time next year, we could be, could be mm-hmm. calling Evan Mobley the best Cavs player. So you believe in his, his potential on offense as well? Yes. Because, okay. I mean, reports are I've seen some strong polls of some voters who've released their ballots. Evan Mobley in his second year could potentially be named NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Yes, I know Jaron Jackson Jr. Yes, yeah. his odds mm-hmm. on favorite. But voters have slowly been mm-hmm. leaking their 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 ballots, and he's been listed as one on a number of them. So, yeah, I think defensively, Mobley for sure. I believe offensively, Jabari has more in his bag potentially than Evan does. But in five years' time, we could be splitting hairs, (laughs) you know, for both young men. Another example of, as folks who see me on my Rocket show, let's talk Houston Rockets. I love tall, skilled big men. Yep. So the fact we're talking about those two young men and not small ball, that warms my heart. So uh, let me see. The other question, uh, Quinn Graham, Knicks are not trading Quinn Graham to the Rockets. Although, yep. you know, you might, you know, toss in two, three picks <laughs> for Quinn Grimes, maybe. Um, but Rockets have contacted seven coaches so far. Kenny Atkinson, James Borrego, Sam Cassell, Adrian Griffin, Emi Udoka, Frank Vogel, and then Kevin Young at Phoenix. Out of those seven, just those seven, mm-hmm. your opinion, Willie Gibson, mm-hmm. in these closing moments of folks talking sports, mm-hmm. who do you think the Rockets should hire out of those seven? <laughs> Not will, uh, but will. Yeah. Your opinion should hire. Should. Man. Um, I mean, to bring the locals back, instead of bringing James Harden back, bring back Sam Cassell. But bring is that who Sam you think Cassell. they should hire? Uh, Frank Vogel, probably. Okay. You either, Frank, Frank, either Frank, Frank Vogel or Kenny Atkinson. Okay. I said Udoka yesterday on the show. So here's why. I, I, no shade on Udoka. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that he would take that job, given the things we talked about last week: front office interfering in practices, those type things. I don't know if he's going to tolerate those things. So he should he should they? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, true. The thing is with that. Then why would Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel, right. or Kenny Atkinson too? Right. You know, right. if you're a vet, established yeah. head coach. In the NBA, been through the wars. Would you want to deal with that stuff too here? Right. Facts. You know, so that's a question. If I'm one of those candidates, 
I got to be, I don't know how you're going to do it, but guaranteed, Rafael, you ain't saying squat practice. You know? And I saw earlier today they said where Frank Vogel has already been told he's being brought back for a second interview. So, um, I, well, you know, like I said, I've been in the theater, so I've, I've been yeah. out for the day. No, I, yeah, I, literally yeah. I saw it during the, the, during the Laker game. So, yeah, I don't you know. know. He had success in some spots, and he was not successful in others. So you got to figure what right. was the reason for both. Right. Let's see. Tony M. Right here. Didn't Vogel get fired for the same reason as Silas? In in what sense? I think Frank got – would you agree with this comment right here from Ace Times Finest that he was yep. going to be built? Yeah, I, I would. I, I'd go with that. I would. You know, Absolutely. Because the Lakers defense, the bubble – Will, did they play games? Yeah. Did they keep score? They did. So it still counts? Yeah. Okay. Show yeah. me show me the record book where it says by that championship, a star, well, the Lakers won this in the bubble, so it didn't count as much. Right. Right. They still got paid, didn't they? <laughs> you said Frank Vogel was a scapegoat in L.A. Remind me who was on his staff in L.A.? Go ahead and say it. Was Jason Kidd on his staff in L.A.? As, I think at some point, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. And Nick Nurse, I think if Nick Nurse, if when Nick Nurse says he's out of Toronto, he'd be Tillman's top choice. Okay. Oh, well, set it down. Let's go home. So, Tillman you know, writes the yeah. check, so. But Nick Nurse got to say he wants out. <laughs> You know, make him. He made. I don't know, for whatever reason, decided to stay in Toronto. For that, but would you need to compensate? Would you need to compensate Toronto with picks to bring Nick Nurse in? And is that something you're willing to do? And if I'm the Rockets, no, no, (laughs) I'm I'm not. I'm not doing that. No, not at all. Right. So, and then that's a question of how badly does Tillman (laughs) want Nick Nurse? So, and then Rafael would have to say, Tillman, no, we can't give up these picks. No, 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 no. Right, right. But time will tell how it all plays out. In this final minute or so of folks talking sports, I want to throw some more shade and talk spring football at Ohio State. Just real quick. Okay. Might lose some fans. 70, how much was it? 75,000, right? 75,122. Oh. Forget that. Your thoughts on the new Big Ten commissioner? Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about him. I know he's a former TV executive. Um, I'm still in the fact-finding process on him. I, I don't know a lot. But, you know, he seems to be everyone from all accounts. You know, seems to be happy. And uh, tomorrow's the day. So, you know, we shall see. And no, nothing new, nothing concrete. Regarding Big 12 expansion, you know, rumors about Colorado and one person on Twitter put him just shot himself in the foot. Right. I don't know why y'all rely on that dude. Follow him on for anything legit. Anyway, I'm not going to say his name, but seriously, that's the same dude who said, what was it that the Pac-12 and Big 12 should merge? Some, what, some, no, what was it? Something just ridiculous. Something I'm, crazy. So, yeah. So, just folks, pay attention to who you, you are following on on social media. Yeah. So Colorado's voting, but they're not, 
they're not necessarily voting about expanding to going to the Big 12. It has not been posted of what they're voting on. Right. And any vote about moving conferences has to be a public vote. Tomorrow's vote is not public. So squash the, you know, going to the Big 12 tomorrow. Discussion. Right. So not trust sure. trust the right folks, people. That's all I'm going to say. Trust the right people. Willie Gibson, as yes. always, my man, thank you very much for your time. Let me get get your info ready here so folks can know how to find you and follow you on the platforms. You got it, sir. Appreciate you, sir. Um, you can always find me at Twitter on Instagram and Twitter at Will Gibson 7 and Facebook Will Knows. Thank you as always, my man. We'll do it again. Uh, when, when is game five for the Cavs? Uh, Wednesday the 26th. Okay, game so four is actually next Sunday. Okay, so well, well, whatever. So what time is yeah. that? One. One okay. Eastern. One Eastern, yeah. Okay, so, you, so we should be good for next Sunday, same time. All right, thank you, yeah. yep. Will. Appreciate that. And again, thanks to Andy Yanez for his insight on today's show as well. I'm KG Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. My Twitter is on the screen there, T-H-E-H-R Review. Thank you to everybody for your comment, taking time. No salt, Alan, Tony M, for your comments here. Discuss the Cougs and recruiting early in the show. Watch the show. If you missed it, rebroadcast. Catch that as well. Hit the like button on the videos. Tell your friends about the shows on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. Also, we are on Roku now as part of the BS3 network. Changing the, changing the way you watch TV. So we're growing a platform and reaching a larger audience. Sponsors, let me put it up as well. Sponsors, if you are interested in sponsoring any of the shows here on the platform, email me, kgardner at thehrr.com. That's kgardner at thehrr.com. And July 1st, the Houston Cougars will be in the Big 12, not quite the Big 2 like Mr. Gibson there in the Big Ten, but it's still, for now, Power Five until it becomes Power Two. So our platforms, our shows, we got a lot of things in store. So if you want to be part of advertising on this show, advertising on, we've got Instagram, TikTok, BS3, talk to me, email me, and we can make it work. And still planning to be at the Big 12 Football Media Day in July. Yep, you heard that right. So until then, till next week, thank you very much, Will, again, and everybody for taking time to talk to us. We appreciate your comments. We'll see you next week. Peace.